the Myth of Passive Income, a Wealth Ecology podcast. Everyone clamours after passive income. The thought of having money flow into your account, day and night with no effort, is intoxicating. Thousands of bestsellers have been written about it, but don't be fooled. It can also be very hard to do properly or quickly. In one way or another, most of us trade time for money. Time is finite, therefore the income that you will earn from it is also finite. With true passive income, you invest some time, often lots of it, and capital, often lots of that too, and come up with an invention on which you can earn royalties, a book or a training program that earns you ongoing income, or set up a website and sell stuff that you can buy cheap and mark up and make a profit, or start building a property rental portfolio. None of these are easy, and often the money you earn from it, unless you really have a hit, or spend a massive amount of time on promotion, is minimal for years. The on-demand or gig economy has opened up new avenues for passive income that are worth exploring. If you have a spare room and don't mind the invasion of privacy, then Airbnb might work for you and bring in a couple of thousand rand a month. If you put that in your bond, you'll pay it off years earlier. You can do the same by picking a house that has a cottage and renting that out. If you have a decent car, you could also become an Uber driver or hire someone to use the car while you're at work or in the evenings when the demand is often higher. Delegation comes with its own problems, of course. Second jobs are not passive income. They're just more of bartering your time for income instead of getting overtime at work. On the positive side, though, some of them can be very rewarding. It's becoming increasingly easy to sell your crafts or arts or hobbies online. Distribution costs keep coming down and the value of handcrafted items keep going up. So while this might not be passive income, it can be satisfying. A second income doing something you love and usually for free. What about a property portfolio? Basically, this is just an investment which, over time, will produce your passive rental income. Big deal. So will a properly structured retirement fund with zero effort from you. Rental portfolios have been actively managed throughout their life, preferably by you and not an agent, to maximise your return and keep a tight rein on your tenants. They come with significant risk from rogue tenants, and in this landlord-unfriendly regulatory environment, it's the way to go. Your portfolio needs to be diversified with five or more properties to mitigate this risk. And, because of capital gains tax, you should buy and hold for at least 20 years or more. In order to do that, you need to be very careful what areas you pick. On the plus side, it is one of the few areas where you can leverage other people's money to raise a bond and get your tenants to pay for it. And, carefully constructed, it can add to your retirement plan, but really shouldn't be the only bucket of funds. In effect, it becomes an investment where the capital is preserved. Rental income after taxes, etc., usually comes in at 3 or 4%. And if that isn't enough, you always have the option of selling the house and using the capital. Most retirement funds assume the full depletion of the capital after 20 or 30 years, which is why they can draw down 6 or 7%. Get your financial advisor to help you with a long-term plan that includes rental properties, retirement funds and other investments so that it is properly constructed from the start. There's not much room for mistakes 15 years down the line. One trick is to make the decision on passive income early in your career. Sensible spending habits will help you get on that ladder quickly. Banks are not going to lend you money to buy rental properties if you've maxed out your credit on your primary home. They'll make you wait until you've paid off a chunk of it first. It'll be a matter of priorities for you. Do you want a smaller, cheaper house now, 
paid off quickly than build your property portfolio, or is having the best house you can afford more important to you? My advice, buy the worst house in the best suburb and not vice versa. I said before and I'll say it again, when it comes to cars, check your ego in at the door. The reason for changing cars every three years is usually because the motor plan is run out. Baloney. If maintenance is horrific after the motor plan, because all the parts have to be imported, etc., perhaps you should be making a smarter choice right from the start. Say you were spending 7,000 rand a month in car repayments over three years. If you put that into investment or a bond for the next seven years, that would be 58,000 rand, just in contributions, with no annual increases, no growth on interest. You could halve your bond in that period. Bond interest rates are usually the lowest you can get. For the next car, you can then tap into this equity. While you're getting your act together to develop your passive income, the best thing you can do is get serious, get ambitious, and upskill all the time. The only way to really leapfrog into a higher income bracket is usually changing jobs. Today, it's normal to change every three years. Scan the environment for changes in your chosen career and get ahead of the game. The phrase, I can't, shouldn't exist, except perhaps in sport. There is, I don't want to, or I can't be bothered. There's nothing wrong with that. Just fess up to it and move on. It's not cool to be clueless. If you aren't really keeping up with technology, you're going to be left behind and pushed out into early retirement, kissing goodbye to 10 years when you could be raking in hundreds of thousands of rand towards your retirement. Today, there are hundreds of free or nearly free resources that will give you more usable knowledge than any degree. I know, I have a few. For example, with a couple of hundred rand, I've learned to develop apps and professionalize my art or craft to the point that they're marketable, if I ever wanted to. Only your own company, the staff that can keep building the business, whether you're there or not, produces great passive income by way of dividends, obviously can be sold and generate capital later. If the company cannot exist without you, then that passive income will come to a grinding halt when you do. There are a couple of industries and professions that have a built-in passive component, investment advisory being one of them with fees from asset under management. Companies that have retainer agreements for their services like legal, IT, consulting, training, coaching, advice, etc. are also not pure time for money. This sort of profession is increasing, but it takes years to build it up to a level where there's very little effort for reasonable payday. And even if you get too old to run it, it can be sold or the responsibility delegated. If you're in one of those industries, then you have to bring your customers around to the notion that advice is not free. And no, you can't pick my brain. The legal profession have this waxed, but others, especially financial and investment advisory, not so much. The objective of passive income is to leverage the number of hours you have in a day, not work longer. Actions. Building up a passive income stream takes time often lots of it, and capital. Done properly, it will make your retirement much more secure, but have it clearly planned out and realistic. It should add to your retirement plan, not replace it. That's all from me for today. Over and out.